Live and you're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. And I'm super, super excited uh, to welcome you all uh, to Facebook Live, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3, where you'll see the lovely Cruzan McCalligan. Cruz, it's great to see you. How are you doing? I was really appreciating your backdrop there. Makes me a little bit pulls at my heartstrings for the old broadcasting house location. I made it myself. Oh, I'll, I'll have you and the listeners know and join us on Facebook, and this way you'll see it. Um, I, I found this picture, which is actually taken by the RTHK newsroom. So, in case anybody's wondering about copyright issues, uh, it belongs to RTHK. <laughs> well, that's good. Well done. That's very. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, it's really nice uh, f- f- to see you, actually. Um, as you know, I'm in the Admiralty studio, so away from everybody else. So it's nice to be able to connect with you uh, via uh, the video chat and be able to stream that directly onto Facebook as well. We've unfortunately just lost your audio, Cruz. Um, can you hear me clearly? I've just literally lost your audio. Uh, um, nope, and didn't she, she's saying, hold on a sec, I'm able to lip read, um, because, <laughs> um, uh, she's not wearing a mask. How about now? Yes, you're back. Yes, that's Okay, great. I'm back, sorry. <laughs> Otherwise, I am working from home with a tech guru of a husband, so I need to put him to work if something goes wrong again. Anyway, while you can hear me, I'm going to talk really quickly to get it all in in case it gets out again. Um, we're talking about glitter today. Um, and we're talking about glitter today because this morning um, we've been doing a bit of a, like a lot of people who are spending time at home at the moment. This story might not go where you're thinking it's going, but a lot of people are spending time at home at the moment. Um, we've been kind of trying to reorganize our house a little bit and get a little bit more, you know, you're spending so much time here, you're trying to make it a little bit less stressful. Um, and I, I found it in an old book, box of art supplies I'd inherited from someone. And um, are we wearing the same? <laughs> we're both wearing stripes today, Noreen, as well. Um, and I inherited this box of art supplies from someone and I'd forgotten about it. And then my uh, my daughter got into it this morning and came walking up to me with a, um, a jar of glitter. And any parent or human, really, who's ever seen a um, toddler holding a large jar of glitter will understand the fear that it struck into my heart. And I was like, don't move a muscle. <laughs> so we, we went with that and... um. Uh, it made me think a little bit about glitter. Um, I don't usually, I don't go out and buy glitter. The stuff gets everywhere. I find it really frustrating, but I also love it. You know what I mean? I love glitter. I'm I love surprised the sparkliness of glitter. Oh, they're so bad. <laughs> you think I'm just a... Oh yeah, no, they are. And I mean that from like, obviously I don't purchase glitter. And now we know that glitter is a microplastic. It's terrible for the environment and everything else. But I love that glittery things, you know what I mean? Like there's something when you wear a a glittery dress or something like that, that makes you feel a bit special, right? Um, But yes, I completely hear you on the ecological impact of glitter, which is why I don't usually have it in my home. But I also take your point, Um, they are very pretty to look at. It is. From afar, not Um, in my house. Exactly. Not in my Not in my house, not on my things, not on my carpet, not on my sofa, not on my clothes, not my hair. (laughs) But but I I wanted to look into it a little bit more. And actually, it's so fascinating, the history and the story of glitter. Um, Firstly, I was looking at why human beings are so attracted to glitter. So culturally, of course, we tend to like shiny things. Most people would say that they love a 
you know, a flashy car, blinged out accessories, uh, things like that. Um, but the roots of our attraction to things that are sparkly actually go very, uh, very deep. And anthropo anthropologists have noted that many hunter-gatherer tribes equate shiny things with spiritual powers, right? Now, prehistoric man had a habit of polish, polishing his bone tools so they'd be all nice and shiny. Um, it, it, it's not just sort of an oh pretty phenomenon. They've also noticed that babies who obviously don't care if you have a diamond Rolex or anything else, but they've noticed that they would favor putting shiny objects in their mouths over matte objects. So they've done some research into this. And there's an evolutionary reason for this. There's a reason we're attracted to shiny things. And researchers from the University of Houston and Ghent University in Belgium said this comes from an instinct to seek out water. So it's an evolutionary instinct in people um, that our need to obviously stay hydrated and everything else um, has kept us subconsciously on the lookout for shimmering rivers the and glistening streams. glistening of the water. Absolutely. And of course, like glistening water would also suggest it's clean or clear water as opposed to being murky, muddy, stagnant water, right? So, it, so that creates that natural selection impulse has left us with this innate preference for things that sparkle. So that's why we like sparkly things. Isn't that interesting? That's so interesting. That explains why I like bling. It's because I'm always thirsty. So there's always a connection. Exactly. It's not you. Just blame your biology. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but really interestingly, um, we've seen this uh, in our ancient ancestors as well. Um, so, of course, uh, before we had things like gold or specifically diamonds, et cetera, et cetera, um, mica was a huge saving grace. Oh, yeah the minerals. So these naturally occurring sheets of silicate forming minerals have been used to bedazzle objects ever since the Paleolithic era. Um, so Mayans, for example, uh, chipped off the stuff and mixed it into pigments and then painted sixth century temples with mica to make their temples glittery. Um, and even today, you can find mica in some different kinds of paints. Um, it wasn't the only option, though. There was also pyrite, uh, which was used in Paleolithic cave paintings to create a, a muted shimmer. Fool's gold, it's called. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so there's this idea of like, you know, people using these different things. Ancient Egyptians slipped uh, ground green malachite, um, which was a copper carbonate with a kind of iridescent effect, a sparkly effect. I realize that anyone's watching me. I'm doing a lot of hand <laughs> sparkling gestures. Um, and they put this into their cosmetics, the ancient Egyptians, and even used galena, which was a silvery mineral in their early eyeliners. So we've been doing things with glitter or glittery things for a long time as human beings, which and is super mica interesting. mica is still being used right now in our makeups. Absolutely. And I think they use a lot of synthetic, I can talk a little bit about that later, about eco-friendly glitter alternatives. Um, mica, synthetic mica can also be used in some cosmetics and things today as well. Um, but interestingly, about the 19th century, glitter was actually often made from powdered or ground glass. Huh? Sounds quite painful and a bit awful, um, but basically any color that glass came in and then it was marketed under the name diamantine which might be why we have the word diamante, um, you know? Yeah, yeah. and so um, they, they basically found this uh, this idea that this they used to do this sort of powdered glass glitter um, in the 19th century, so like kind of the late 1890s, that sort of turn of the century, 1900s. But of course, and people today who are like hardcore craft hobbyists who want to create that vintage glitter sheen will try and use glass glitter in some of their, their works. That their sounds works, really painful. 
Yeah, I know. I, I can't think glass. about it too much because it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about who invented glitter because it's in a in a little while because it's probably it's quite a fascinating story. Like I, I'm not going to lie to you. I've spent an hour of my life today, page after page after page of websites reading about the story about who invented glitter. Before I get to that, I'm going to uh, go through a couple more fun facts. Um, apparently, the military experimented with glitter. So. Um, the U.S. Air Force briefly tried spraying um, this sort of glittery substance off the back of warplanes. They called it chaff. And the idea was to create a cloud of false echoes to throw off enemy radar. Like a glitter bomb, um, which made literally. It, yeah, literally kind of like a glitter bomb, which again, interestingly, glitter bombs I was reading as well. And now are like a form of assault. So you shouldn't ever glitter bomb someone. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, a pretty bad assault. It gets everywhere. It's a pretty bad. It is. It is. It's. It, it's exactly right. Um, but they used to use this. Um, this glitter, and apparently in the UK, um, they used something similar called Operation Window, where planes released strips of aluminium-coated paper at timed intervals to swamp German radar screens with false signals, which is amazing because if you think about it, um, you know, it would have just looked like a party plane, but it's actually quite a morbid reason for using it. A party plane. Um, <laughs> um, interestingly, so the thing that I really, really want to talk about is where glitter came from and kind of who who created it, right? So we don't, the glitter that we know of today, you know, the tiny, teeny, tiny flecks that you might get in little tubes from a stationery shop or something, wasn't really invented until about 1934. And there's a bit of a, an urban myth around this. So um, apparently there was a New Jersey machinist called Henry Rushman who accidentally invented it because he took a load of scrap metals and plastics and grounds it up very, very fine. Um, and some reports say that um, that was his that, that that was kind of what happened. And even though the origin story is a little bit murky, we tend to attribute this guy with some of it um, because he did file four separate patents for inventions related to cutting up strips of foil or film. So it seems like he was working in the glitter space, right? Um, and even though he died in uh, 1989, but his company, a company called Meadowbrook Inventions, which just sounds like it was made up anyway, um, is still in the glitter business today and peddles more than 20,000 different types of glitter. Okay, now from what I can deduce from my armchair sleuthing, um, there is one other company also in New Jersey, the US, which is also a, a kind of attributed with being kind of a primary manufacturer or one of the original manufacturers for glitter. And that is a company called Glitterex. Um, and of course, what's kind of interesting is that the first company, which I'm thinking is probably Meadowbank Inventions, Meadowbrook Inventions, are very secretive. They won't talk to anyone. They will never ask, answer any questions or anything like that. And I didn't realize the world of glitter manufacturing is under like, it's incredibly secretive. It's like a Willy Wonka mystery, right? So um, basically, um, most of the glitter that has Amer like American name brand products use is made from probably one of these two factories. Um, so the Glitterex factory, um, which we know a little bit more about, was founded in 1963 by a man called Babu Shetty, who um, joined the company as the president and CEO in 1999. Even though, and he's um, even though uh, he 
he's been working to develop glitter products since kind of the 1970s. He came to the US from Mumbai to earn an advanced degree, and he has a PhD in polymer science and engineering. So you think it's this really interesting contrast between very, very technical scientific concepts when it comes to making glitter, and the fact that it's glitter, <laughs> shiny stuff, shiny and it seems frivolous and everything else, but it's not. And he jokes that he fell into the plastic business because it was recommended to Dustin Hoffman's character in The Graduate. So he's watching this American movie and he's like, that sounds like it could be fun. Um, but they, they, I found this amazing article in the New York Times writing about this reporter who was visiting this factory. They did not want him to go to the factory. He said he can never talk about anything he's seen in the factory. He was, he was, he was under so many NDAs, he wasn't even allowed to, to see the machines making glitter or to hear the machines making glitter. Um, even when he did eventually go to the factory. And he said, you know, if this glitter factory is in this really beige business park, um, it's a short walk from the office of um, a company that makes sidewalks for airports. Like it's in this really banal area, but it's a glitter factory, you know? And then he said, um, basically um, he gets taken on this, this tour of this uh, this factory, and the uh, the owner of the, uh, the factory CEO, Mr. Shetty, uh, takes him through and like shows him all these books and the science of glitter and how large glitter is and all of these different sorts of things, how they make it. But to to a point, he was just kind of explaining the, the science of glitter, and basically it's it's creating plastic sheets of something that are just cut to, cut up into tiny, tiny, tiny pieces. But of course, it's difficult to cut things into tiny, tiny, tiny pieces. And there has to be so much mechanical engineering and science behind and so how much you precision get that tiny. in it to get them. Yeah, exactly. That exactly. Tiny. Exactly. And if you want to, and, and they say that, um, of course, and it's there's a whole other layer to glitter, which is how our light, our eyes perceive the colors of glitter. So there's there's advances in glitter science in terms of the way you play with like wavelengths and the size of particles and refraction, everything and stuff that I do not and will not even pretend to understand about glitter. Um, but they say that um, so when he talks about about um, the different uh, size of, of glitter pieces. He says, of course, there's obvious different sizes with glitters. Um, craft glitter, which I still think is teeny tiny, is the thickest and least technologically advanced glitter. So when we um, when we talk about that glitter that you might, you know, once upon a time when we were at children and people didn't, when we were at school and people didn't care about the environment as much and we had glitter on everything or whatever it was, um, that uh, those those particles of glitter. I kind of uh, some of the largest, right? But um, they're already the quite smallest, small. I mean, how yeah, big were craft? How, how big are craft uh, glitter? About one mm um, by I, one mm, or I don't have the exact size, but the small, the tiniest glitter that this company Glitterex makes um, is fifty by seventy-five microns, and a micron is one thousandth of a millimeter. Wow. It's so small that you can't even see it, really, with your exactly. naked eye. And What's the point? Absolutely. And they say that, um, and of course, I, when I was reading through this, this article, it's impossible to think about going through your day without seeing glitter. And it's not in the way you think. It's not in terms of like Mardi Gras style glitter yeah. and someone covered in glitter. It's that kind of sheen. sheen. And it's in yeah. everything from credit card designs to nail polish to lipsticks to, you know, 
cars paint on cars to make it that metallic looking thing yes absolutely so it's um it's incredibly fascinating how glitter is actually this enormous industry that people and people really want to keep it secret and it's not just the factory that wants to keep it secret it's all of the different um the companies who purchase from the factory so it's the people who design for cosmetics brands and things like that because they don't want competitors to know what their formula is for why they have that incredible shine on their lipstick or whatever it is right um so it's kind of fascinating Um, and the glitterex doesn't make as many varieties of glitter as meadowbrook industry inventions which is the much much even more secretive one they only make around ten thousand um varieties um but yeah, but I, I think they only make 10,000, only make about 10,000 varieties. Um, but so it's kind of fascinating that this is this is this kind of secretive thing they have. And they said um, they said in the article that you could never, ever you could never, ever tell um, that they, they're so sworn to secrecy. They can't tell you the main industry. There's one industry that would just um, they, it's so secretive about that. It's just huge for consuming glitter. And they're like, you'd see it every day and you wouldn't know it. Um, and they weren't particularly forthcoming about what that was. But he did imply in the article that maybe it was automotive paint pigments. So that could be, that's kind of cool, like a bit of sleuthing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so of course, um, we all we always know about people wearing glitter and trying to um, and things like that. But glitter, as I mentioned, is in so many different parts of our lives. Um, and unfortunately, it's it's around for people who do really like glitter, um, for people who love glitter. Um, it's great news because modern plastic, all the modern plastic glitter that's ever been created is still here with us because it will take approximately a thousand years to completely biodegrade on Earth, which is why, as you were saying, glitter is a microplastic. It is not eco-friendly or plastic glitter is. And there are more um, eco-friendly alternatives that are coming up. People are making things out of like seaweed and synthetic mica and all these oh. different things, which is awesome. So if you are someone who is has a, if you are a glitter fiend, and I'm sure there's many of, many, many, many glitter fiends among us, um, it's good to know that, um, it's good to know that you, there are eco-friendly alternatives today and they may be a lot more expensive than the cheap plastic stuff, but isn't that like everything when we look at our modern lives? Um, it's going to be better for us. We might have to pay a premium. So, yeah, so unfortunately, this is the one problem with glitter is that it has been around for a really, really long time um, and uh, it's part. it can be part of the food chain. But people have used glitter for things um, in terms of monitoring um, it's it's interesting the uses of it. So one thing is, uh, for example, uh, researchers or zookeepers might put like and obviously non-toxic glitter substances into the food of certain animals so they can track them through their poo. So they wow. have like trails of glittery poo. Gosh, um, I have such a also, limited uh, understanding of glitter. For me, it's just a bit of shiny things that we use for craft yeah. or on, on children's toys. But I didn't realize there was such a usage oh absolutely and and fascinatingly um glitter at a crime scene is investigators rejoice because it is everywhere you'll never get rid of it but it can actually and they spread over everything so if you do have a crime where there has been some um glitter involved (laughs) even if it's not you know anything particular and there's one which is where they were actually able to um track down a man who had tried to abduct a little girl he didn't succeed but they found out who he was because the girl had been wearing glittery tennis shoes and they could track the glitter it's like incredible 
So they, um, yes. Yeah, Maybe so they, we so should put huge... our children in glitter after all. Actually, no, no, no. Yeah. It's not good for it might, it might be something. <laughs> yeah. Eco-friendly glitter Eco-friendly substances. Eco-friendly glitter, yes. Um, so it's kind of interesting in that way um, that it is something that people have been using for a long time. I still find the fact that we're attracted to glitter because and shiny things because of our inherent need for fresh water really quite remarkable. Um, Thanks I for that, that Chris. I'm going to use that every time I walk past a jewelry shop or something and I see some bling. And it's be because like, I'm thirsty. I don't want some bling. I'm thirsty. <laughs> yeah. I need to hydrate. Um, but yeah, so of course that that's pretty interesting. Um, how much glitter do we actually use as a population of people? It's pretty difficult to say. Um, between 1989 and 2009, it was estimated that 10 million pounds of glitter were purchased, which seems a little bit suspicious. That's like a lot of glitter. But um, of course, individual companies are pretty hesitant to share uh, sales and output figures of what they've they've sold and who they've sold glitter to and what it's being used for. It might be plausible, um, like you were saying, it's being used for different types of things, like our cars and paints and nail polish. Absolutely. So. And apparently, according to Vanity Fair magazine, you know pop star Kesha. Kesha. See, oh, yeah. I don't know them because I'm not cool. Um, she apparently spends thousands of dollars on a month a month on glitter alone. So. Because, um, of course, uh, people like Beyonce and stuff and all these sort of amazing uh, stars get clothes. completely body yes. painted with glitter, um, you know, much more so than us in the 90s with like a little eyeliner and impulse body spray. And us regular folks, <laughs> but, um, yes. Yeah, for us regular folks. But I do have I do have a couple of glitter quotes for us to finish on today. I have a glitter quote, too, that I made up. Oh, please. I wanted to say that glitter is like litter with a G. Sorry, it's not. Very... I like that. Thank you. No, it took it's, me a long good. time to think about that. I mean, when you proposed yeah. that topic, I was like, I'm going to come up with a quote, and it just came to me. Just glitter you could say, is all litter. that glitters doesn't need to be litter. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, I think maybe you could sell that to some of the eco-friendly glitter companies out there. <laughs> you can sell that. It's very good. <laughs> um, but I have two quotes. The first quote is from Aeschylus. Um, the ancient Greek philosopher. So it's a bit, of, I don't know if he was really into it, but anyway, he said, ah, lives of men, when prosperous they glitter like a fair picture. When misfortune comes, a wet sponge at one blow has blurred the painting. Um, so I, I just, you know. I didn't realize glitter already existed back, I mean, glitter oh, I think in he the just form, means the glittering the of glit- something, you know, sparkly when when life is shiny and sparkly we all assume it's good right if anyone if you ever stood next to someone in a coffee line who's dripping in diamonds you're probably not going to immediately think that you know, life is like, so bad you'd be like something's working out probably right not going to make any assumptions um and the second um the second quote is from barbie um and she she said <laughs> she said she said when you're in doubt Glitter it out. <laughs> a wise, fictitious, and inaccurately proportioned woman. Life in plastic is always fantastic. <laughs> Am I really showing my age here with that? Um, so, Cruz, you mentioned just now uh, you're not a fan of glitter. 
it's it's actually my pet peeve. If anybody gives me any presents for the girls with glitter, I automatically think they don't like me very much. And I've been given mm. clothes with glitter before, where it's just it just ends up everywhere in the places. It that just you, ends up everywhere on the scalp, yeah. on, in in the kitchen, on knives. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I have a lot of memories of being a child and just finding glitter on my body. You know what I mean? Just at the end of the day, just being like, oh, I'm covered in glitter. Um, but I think I, I like the. I like the the fun of glitter and the shininess of glitter and stuff like that. But I'm not a I'm not a glittery I'm not a glittery person. Um, but I love that we're finding some alternatives for it because there's something fun about glitter and colourfulness when it's not on your body or being held precariously by a toddler in your home. When being <laughs> observed, when observing somebody else with the glitter. Cruz, thank you so much for adding so much joy and sparkle to the radio show today. <laughs> And I look forward to chatting with you again uh, next time. And that's uh, Cruzy McCalligan uh, joining us this week. Thank you very much indeed for your time.